Stand by while NCLA cuts through the noise to signal abuse of administrative power. This is Administrative Static with Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchione. Welcome back to Administrative Static. Well, it's been a bad week for the SEC. Cochran got taken. And this other case, Jarkissi v. the SEC, which is a case which is not our client, but but as, as Peggy said in the first segment, um, did put in an amicus brief for us in Cochran. And this is a panel decision out of the Fifth Circuit. And it is a blockbuster for administrative law. And, and I don't think it can be underestimated. And Mark and I are going to ex- explain the three big issues that the Fifth Circuit uh, decided. But I, I just have to give you a little background. The SEC- and, and that's and that's Texas, Mississippi, and Louisiana for for non-lawyers, just in terms of which states the Fifth Circuit covers. Correct. And um, there was a case that everyone believed the SEC when they, when you are in the securities business and the SEC comes after you they can either bring a case against you in the district court or they can bring a case against you in uh, before their own agencies and their ALJs administrative law judges that Mark and I discuss quite frequently um, and either of these proceedings um, they can take your license away and they can fine you and they can do all kinds of things um, they can't do full disgorgement anymore after the Lou case because they lost that in the Supreme Court, but they can do some. OK, so they, they have some monetary things they can do. And uh, and, and if they proceed to go in uh, before the Securities Exchange Commission ALJs, you don't get a jury. We we had the case uh, right here at, at at NCLA. We went down to Tampa and and tried uh case down down there against the SEC and we had a jury and and we had a jury because the court said that the, the SEC said oh no no jury no jury but um, in in that case we did uh, we did get a jury and um, here here's so and and so just put that as so what has happened is, is that because of a case called Atlas roofing versus uh, occupational safety and health review Commission, from 1977, it was a unanimous case. Judge Black, Justice Blackman recused himself for some reason, but it was unanimous that when Congress makes a new remedy or a new law that has to be enforced or a new privilege, a public right of some sort, uh, the agencies are allowed to adjudicate that without a jury. And Atlas Roofing has been expanded upon, and um, these agencies do not grant you jury trials. We were very fortunate um, that in Spartan, which is the case I'm talking about that we tried, the judge did grant a jury and uh, over the government's objections because they use this all the time, say no jury. So that's why this is a block. One of the main reasons Jarkissi is a blockbuster case. Uh, he brought his he 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 was brought before the commission um, on securities violations, securities fraud. And it doesn't matter so much for our purposes what what that all was. But he said, wait a minute. I a couple of things here. I don't know how you decide that I don't go to federal court and you decide that I go before the SEC ALJ. 
I don't get a jury trial and I deserve a jury trial. And, um, and in any case, your ALJs are wrongly constituted because they have too many protections. The president, they're, they're, they're the type of officers who the president should have to appoint and be able to fire. That's, we've talked about that, like the Lucia case. We've talked about that quite frequently. So then out comes the Fifth Circuit with a blockbuster. And I, the reason I say this is because for all my plaintiff uh, attorney friends and, and former colleagues, this, this opinion starts out with such a pay-in to jury trials, that jury trials are the greatest thing on God's earth. And they say how it's the only right that was in all the state constitutions when founded, how it nearly blew up the convention because it wasn't in the constitution. And they go through Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, they go through everybody who talked about why you need juries and, and juries, um, not only in criminal cases, but in civil cases. And uh, the first 10 pages of this, of this, uh, case is um, is all about how great jury trials are and how the founders thought they were great and how we wouldn't even have a constitution if you don't have a jury trial. So as you're reading this, you're like, oh, wow, this is really good. Um, and and all but if you're on the SEC side, you're like, uh oh, this this could be this could be bad. Well, it does. Because be we, we don't have those. <laughs> we don't have those. And so so but the thing is, so how do they get around Atlas roofing? What the what the what the Fifth Circuit said is that this is this is fraud. Fraud is fraud. We've had fraud since common law times. This is not a new thing. This is not like an occupational, you know, you, you have to have certain safety standards in your factory. And, and those standards are not just common law negligence. We're making higher and different standards. And now we're, we're enforcing them on you under a federal uh, OSHA uh, statute. No, the, these fraud is a something well-known to the founders, well-known to everyone, particularly securities fraud. If you don't think that they had securities fraud in uh, the Bank of England and in London markets and New York markets in the, in the uh, 1800s, uh, I, I think that you should take another look. <laughs> they had plenty of it. Um, so what they're getting at here is they say, so this is a common law tort. They knew all about this and you didn't give him a jury trial and you get jury trials. And sometimes uh, there, the the uh, the defense bar, the, the the people who represent corporations hate jury trials. They are they're always like, oh, juries are terrible, blah blah blah. Well, I think in the Fifth Circuit, every time every time someone's saying that there shouldn't be a jury, or maybe the jury shouldn't be deciding this or that, I think this Jarsaki case is going to be waved around in more than just uh, SEC cases. Is all I have to say. It's really worth taking a look at. Yeah, the um, language the language is is, is pretty uh, uh, insistent. Yes, and so um, the next the next one is uh, so so basically I'll, I'll just read a quick securities fraud actions are not new actions unknown to the common law, and so new actions that are statutory creations under Atlas Roofing and the and the precedent those you don't get jury rights to. I think the big argument down the road is going to be, are these akin to, okay, they made it look new, they made it under statute, but is it really something else? But we'll, that's for another day. The next blockbuster ruling in this, in this Jarsicki opinion is that um, Congress did not, this is non-delegation. We haven't had, I can't think of a case where someone said that Congress did not give an intelligible principle, meaning they didn't, 
when they gave away their power to the executive to do something, they didn't tell the executive what the standards were. And here the SEC says, we have no idea how they decide. And Congress gave them no no understanding of, of when you should have the case go before the SEC and when you should have the case go to federal district courts. Since that is completely unknown, since we don't, we there's no intelligible principle. And they cite Gundy, and they cite the majority in Gundy, actually. And Gundy was a case that ruled 5-4, not overturning, you know, not finding there was non-delegation because Alito wouldn't go there. But um, it, it does show that the non-delegation doctrine, um, it, it, it is starting to have teeth. This is the only um, appellate decision I can think of that really turned on it. And Fifth Circuit dropped a footnote because they had now two, two holdings. There's a holding you need a jury for fraud, and there's a holding that the decision about putting it in the SEC and not putting it, you know, and, and, and having these type of proceedings, um, is, there's, no, there's no standard for it. Um, and so, you know, there's no, there's no standard for what you're supposed to do. Well, the, the Fifth Circuit said, and both of these, none of this is dicta. Everyone's bound by all of this because we have an alternative holding. And then the third holding is that the ALJs themselves have too many protections. Right, right. Mark? What, why is that? What, what, what does that do? Right. So the, we, we, there's a couple of prior decisions from the Supreme Court that sort of combine uh, in, this, in this instance. There's the, uh, there's the decision from Free Enterprise Fund v. PCAOB that John mentioned in the previous segment uh, in which the court uh, decided uh, that you cannot have multiple layers of protection from removal by the president uh, if, if you're a federal officer. And then there's the decision, Lucia v. SEC, which decided that these ALJs uh, are federal officers. And they decided that in the context of saying that, that the, they had to be appointed under the appointments clause. Uh, in other words, they had to be appointed by the president or by the head of the agency. They couldn't be appointed by the head ALJ, as the SEC had been doing. And so when you take those two things together, you say that, that principal officers or excuse me, that federal officers have to uh, have to be appointed and then they they can't have these multiple layers of protection. Well, guess what? Those two things are happening at the SEC. They, they have multiple layers of protection because in order for the president to remove an ALJ, uh, he can't do it directly. The ALJs are protected from removal by four cause removal protection. They can only be removed not on the whim of the the commissioners, not on the whim of the president, but only if they uh, there's a showing and a hearing that they have uh, failed to to discharge their duties uh, in an appropriate way. And then the folks who make that decision, the Merit Systems Protection Board, this is the, the group that oversees not just the SEC ALJs, but a whole lot of civil servants. The MSPB has to decide uh, and make a recommendation to the commission that this person has not discharged their duties uh, in an appropriate fashion. And then only if the MSPB decides that, then the commission, the SEC commissioners, who are also protected from removal, the MSPB commissioners are, respect, are protected with four-cause removal, the SEC commissioners are protected with four-cause removal, and then they have to act on the MSPB's recommendation. So if you're lost by now, you understand how many layers of removal there are between the president and one of these ALJs. And so the Supreme Court has said in other contexts, this is a no-no. But the SEC has, and the SEC can't fix this on their own, John. That's one of the problems here. 
this is statutory. The statute that governs says that these multiple layers of protection exist. So Congress is going to have to get involved here if the Supreme Court upholds what the uh, Fifth Circuit has decided. And, so, and we'll so we've laid out the issues, John. Yeah, we'll discuss it further in the next segment because now you know what the case held. There's a lot going on there. Well, we're back on administrative static to continue talking about the Jarkissi v. SEC bombshell from the Fifth Circuit uh, that came down this week. And and John, uh, there was a there was a curious footnote uh, in this decision uh, that uh, that says because we vacate the SEC's judgment on various other grounds, they're referring to the uh, jury trial ground and the non delegation ground. We do not decide whether vacating would be the appropriate remedy based on this error alone meaning the uh, removal protections error that we were just talking about, C. Collins v. Yellen, remanding to the district court to determine what remedy, if any, is appropriate in light of the Supreme Court's holding that removal restrictions applicable to the director of the Federal Housing Finance Agency were unconstitutional. And there's two things that are interesting to me about that, John, and, and you may see this differently. But the first thing that's interesting to me is Collins, as, as I just read, remanded to the district court to determine what remedy is appropriate. Well, that's often done. Courts of appeals often will will uh, remand things to district courts to determine the, the remedy in the first instance. But there was no district court here, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, uh, no, to, it's straight, to turn it's, this to, right? No, it's straight from the it's straight from the the uh, SEC. We were this talking a, earlier that sometimes you get appeals. Once you go through it, you you go straight right. to the circuit. That's what happened here. There's no district court to remand it to. Exactly. I, this is a petition for review of an order of the SEC, a final order of the SEC. So, so the only place that's being remanded is to the SEC itself to determine what remedy, if any, uh, is appropriate. And I, well, first of all, if the SEC says, eh, no remedy is appropriate, Really? <laughs> that would be an interesting finding. You're going to trust the SEC to decide that that, that no remedy is necessary here. Uh, or if if the SEC were to decide, for example, that, you know what, we we uh, we do need to have uh, just one layer of protection from removal or what have you. That's not within the power of the agency to do that. So what do you think is going on, John? Well, here's the thing. What I was thinking is it, the commissioners haven't been struck down, right? I mean, they can't send it down to the commission and have an ALJ do anything right now. It strikes me. Ah, but the, the SEC commissioners themselves. The commissioners, the commissioners could hear things, right? They I can. Think, they sure can. Yeah, so, that is an option. So, so what I think is happening here. Put the they jury's... have more expertise in securities law than the ALJs, by the way. That might come as a surprise to people, but it's it's definitely true. <laughs> and And so the thing is, so... He's there. They have to put it in the, in the actual commissioner's hand because it strikes me that this opinion takes things out. of You don't want the ALGs doing anything because it might be unconstitutional and it looks like it is in the Fifth Circuit. So if 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 the ALJs are, are officers not allowed to do this, well, who is? It's got to be the commissioners. So he's remanded it to the commissioners. OK, here's the ruling. Now you figure out what you're going to do. 
And this and and if and if Jarkasi doesn't like it, he can come back. Right. So the commission, the so the commissioners could do at least two things. They could say, okay, henceforth we're going to abolish uh, hearing these things from the ALJ, and we're going to hear them ourselves. Now that yeah. doesn't solve the lack of a jury trial problem, but it, it does but solve. They, but couldn't they impanel? Here's the thing: could they impanel a jury? They don't have. I don't think they can because I don't think. I mean, just the, the process of calling jurors. You know, you know how hard that is for the court. The courts have whole processes to know who they are and how to do it. SEC doesn't know how to call a jury. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. I think that's a. Uh, I think that's a, a wrinkle. That's definitely a complication here. Uh, but uh, so assume that the commission heard them directly. That would at least solve the multiple layers of protection from removal problem. Yes, I think it would. I, I think it would also make the job a lot harder for these commissioners. They're really going to have to work. <laughs> I'm sorry. Am I supposed to cry a tear on that? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, uh, I, I, uh, I heard a, uh, uh, I got an email from a, a former commissioner at the SEC uh, yesterday, John, that just said, woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, uh, I think that that there have been uh, commissioners at the agency over the last uh, couple of decades who've recognized this problem, but they also weren't in a position to do anything themselves. So I suppose one thing that commissioners could do is that they could petition Congress and say, look, Congress, there's a problem here and we can't fix it. You have to be the ones to fix it. So that that could be a salutary uh, result of this decision. Yeah, it could be. Now, what do we do about the jury trials? Now, there's two things that go on here. What can the SEC still do? Put the ALJ problem aside. Let's say the Fifth Circuit, let, let's say the panel is upheld, because that's the other thing. I assume they're going to ask for en banc review. I assume before they go to the Supremes, but the circuit split is obviously big now, so they could go directly to Supremes, the SEC. But but what can they actually do? And it, and it strikes me what they can do is they can find what, they adjudicate that are obviously public rights, right? So if you have to have a license that the SEC gives you, uh, licenses are, I think it's pretty well established public rights. I think I think licenses from the government to do stuff only the government can let you do is a public right. So I think they can still do that. But again, I think only the commissioners can. So they can take away your license. When, when you say they can do that, you mean without a jury, they can do that? Without a jury, without yeah. a jury. So there, and I, I'm not, I can't think of all the other things right now offhand that are public rights, but, but they but can't find somebody. They can't find someone. I, they can't take their money. I don't think. Um, so, so the, so the, the point is there are things the SEC can do. No one wants their license pulled, but um, you know, what, and what about these quasi group? What about FINRA? You know, that's that's a private entity. Uh, I, 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 this well, thing that's, has, yeah. I mean, they've got enough to worry about with that, with just this decision. I don't think FINRA is implicated directly by no, by this I, decision. But what I'm getting at, there, there are licensing. What else is there? What's another public right? I, I'm not sure, but that's that's their core. Well, that, inspection, that, I suppose. I mean, they've, they've got they've got some other authorities, right? True. They can always look for violations. That's true. Um, so anyways, but it is, it is going to definitely, um, I mean, there must be full on panic over there. I can't even imagine what it's like to be a lawyer over at the SEC right now. And, and, and I am not accustomed to, um, having any, uh, uh, soft feelings for that crowd, but holy mackerel. 
I think it's safe to say they haven't been this panicked since they lost 13 of the 14 uh, counts uh, in the trial at Spartan <laughs> Securities, John, that, that you were a part of. Uh, Maybe. But, uh... <laughs> or, or, or the ability, yeah, or the, I think Lou also shocked them that they can't just uh, make up any number they want and call it disgorgement. Right, right. Well, you know, one of the ballyhooed features of the Dodd-Frank Act uh, back when, when that was passed during the Obama administration was that it increased the number uh, and kind of matters that the SEC was allowed to adjudicate internally. And before that, there were some of these things they had to take to federal district court. And Dodd-Frank gave them a lot more discretion uh, over whether they wanted to do something in-house or not. And I think that the Congress is going to have to revisit that aspect of the Dodd-Frank Act uh, under the, at least if this decision's upheld, and they're going to have to uh, either create juries or take some of those things away from uh, from the SEC. Because I think that the, the Dodd-Frank Act made this particular aspect of the statute worse. This particular aspect, I'm not saying that that this jury's problem, uh, as I said in the in the previous segment, I'm not saying that it it hasn't existed for for decades, but I think it got substantially worse after Dodd Frank. Now, how about non delegation? Here's here's my thought on that, Mark. I think that that it's a blockbuster on non delegation because it has always been opaque to me in these agencies where they sometimes they have memos with justice about who prosecutes where and whether it's in the agency or it's somewhere else. I mean, FTC, antitrust, just think of that. Sure. Um, if, if if this if this goes, although Axon was challenging that, I believe. Yeah, they were. But I think that the Supreme Court, if the Supreme Court takes this, I I don't think they're going to be this ambitious. I think they'll approve one or the other and then say, ah, we'll, we'll worry about this in another time. And what I'm concerned, what I'm worried about, although, I mean, it's early days, but I'm worried about that they'll make a decision on juries and then they're not going to put the footnote the Fifth Circuit put in about uh, about non-delegation. They're going to hold off on non-delegation. That's, you know, I... You're going to get cert petitions on everything, but they either just take it or they don't rule or they find they don't have to rule on everything, which would be a shame because it would be nice to know the answers to these three questions. Well, how do they how are they not going to decide all three? Because in the Fifth Circuit, all three are independently relevant. So it seems to me maybe there's a way to do it. But I I mean, so you could you could imagine that they sever the statute, right, because we've seen them do that before. Yep. Uh, even in very complicated cases, we saw that in USV Arthrex. So they could try to sever one of the, uh, and this gets back to the issue I was talking about, the protection from removal. They could sever some of the protection from removal. But what do you sever, John? Do you sever, because Congress created all of these protections. So what gives the court the right to, to say, for example, uh, we're going to do away with the ALJ's protection from the Merit Systems Protection Board? Or we're going to do away with the for-cause removal protection for the ALJs, or we're going to do away with for-cause removal protection for the members of the of the Merit Systems Protection Board, or we're going to do away with the, the for-cause removal protection for the SEC commissioners themselves. I mean, there's about four or five different layers there, and to get to one, you've got to do away with, with three or four layers. What so did that's they do a with, lot what did, of, what did they do a lot of surgery. That? What did they do with the patent board? Because this question came up in that patent case whose name is escaping me. Yeah, that's Arthrex. That's Arthrex. What they did there was they said they turned them into inferior officers by saying that that all the decisions had to be reviewed uh, by a higher up. But all the decisions of the uh, 
are already reviewed uh, by higher ups here. So it was a slightly different. Uh, it was a slightly different issue. It was a uh, wasn't this. It wasn't quite the same. Multiple layers of of protection uh, from removal. They just, in other words, they just got. It was very easy to get them down to to one layer. So, well, we'll we'll see what happens. I I, think... I I let me correct myself. I said that wrong. They didn't they didn't reduce the layers. They they turned them into inferior uh, inferior officers by having all of their decisions reviewed, so that the person who reviews the decisions is an is essentially removable by the president. So that's what you could do here. I suppose you could say that the SEC commissioners can review, and then the president can just fire them at will. But I don't think the SEC commissioners would be very happy with that, John. <laughs> no, they got a lot on their plate right now from this thing. Holy mackerel. Well, lots of good news this week. Lots of good news. So uh, hopefully our, uh, our cup run over. Reading, but hopefully next week is as good. We'll see you. Hope you have as good a week as we did. <laughs> <laughs>